Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT, but. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review... The Rampage, baby. This is... Rampage. I never know what that last bit is, just explosions and what have you. Um, They've turned it around again. They've turned it around again. I thought this was a very, very good hour of television. I'm maybe the low guy on elements of this, but my God, that main event was fantastic. (laughs) Like two defenses in, this is probably already the best AEW women's title reign. Sometimes wrestling can just be easy. I love the intricacy of classic AEW booking, but sometimes it can be very, very easy indeed. And I have never been higher on this women's division, but there's something on the show that I might disappoint the Really ardent, passionate um, AEW fans who listen to this podcast because I've got, I'm getting picky about something that a lot of people thought was great. Yeah, and I think whenever we do that, people say, oh, you know, why are you poo-pooing this? And it's because we hold AEW to such a high level, such an exacting standard that when, you know, we, you don't, we basically don't want to let them get to a point that they did arguably a bit last year where we were... It was becoming overwhelming. You know, it's, for the most part, AW Dynamite's a different kettle of fish, obviously. But for the most part, yeah, I think it's just like, oh, no, just tighten up on that bit and this bit. Yeah. Um, I'm very pedantic. But yeah. it's good that a company can allow you to be exactly, pedantic. yeah. Got to be pretty careful, though, right? Because uh, touch extremely briefly on the Royal Rumble, someone I thought made a very salient point about the otherwise phenomenal closing angle to Royal Rumble mm-hmm. And they were so full of praise for it. They had one constructive criticism, and this person just got annihilated on Twitter. It's like, <laughs> well, why bother pointing it out? Yeah, exactly. If you can't, if you can't say, oh, 9 out of 10 angle. Could have been a 10, but who cares? It's a 9. So it wasn't a 10, you <laughs> c- <laughs> You f***ing <laughs> You want, wasn't a 10. So. I, I just, I've got to the point now where I'm just like, 
I could say something about that on social media, but probably just not going to stick my head above the parapet because the exact reason that you mentioned there. Uh, Let's dive straight into Rampage, though, because like you say, it's one of those things where shows like this make me angry about last week's show even more because I'm like, there you go. Just do this show every week. What happened last week again? I don't really remember, but I remember us being like, "You was going." Oh, it was so crap! Well. Oh, it was crap! Uh, too much of my Hardy by half. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't want to say it was just my <laughs> Hardy central. But yeah. Um, so the show started. Um, no messing about here. You've not only uh, got the two lads in the ring, Hangman Page and Wheeler Utah, but welcome to Rampage. Straight to the ring. Bell rings. Wheeler Utah just runs straight at Hangman Page and hits him with a drop kick. Uh, Page comes back with a clothesline. Uh, yeah, the story of this match were two lads going to war and, uh, well, Hangman Page, I suppose, looking to send a message to the guy he's going to face on Dynamite this week, John Moxley, um, by kicking the crap out of Wheelie Uta, who was more than happy to uh, to get into something like that. So Page catches Uta with a fallaway slam and a springboard lariat. That sends Uta out to the floor. Um, Page dives out on top of him, chucks him back in the ring, but takes too much time getting Back in there, turns around and he gets hit by a dive by Wheelie Uta, who goes for another, but Page catches him and sort of pop up power bombs him onto the ring apron um, and then gets him back in the ring and hits a pop up Liger bomb, it looked like, for a, for a nice near fall to take us to a break. When we come back, um, back and forth between the two men again, hard hitting back and forth, uh, and Page pulls out a Death Valley driver from the top rope, basically. Uh, for another great two count. Um, goes for a series of German suplexes, gets a couple, but as he goes for a third, Uta reverses it, he gets three. They fight on the ring apron, Uta German suplexes Page onto it, um, and then they hold, they, he holds on as they roll to the floor, and he suplexes him there as well, very nearly Page landing on his head here. Um, just the right side of terrifying, I suppose. Um Uta hits Page with a crossbody off the top when they're on the floor, get him, gets him back in the ring, goes for a frog splash, but Page gets his knees up and fires back with a clothesline, goes for the bookshot lariat. Uta counters that basically into an angle slam, and uh, he hits the splash this time off the top for another near fall. Page tries to throw Uta out of the ring, but Uta reverses it. So Page is on the apron, which is the perfect place to set up for a buckshot lariat. But instead of going for a pin, like I say, he's trying to send a message to John Moxley. He picks up Uta and hits him with the Death Rider for the one, two, three before aiming down the lens and saying, I'll see you next week, basically. This is what I'm going to be a little bit uh, pedantic about. I thought this is a very good match that at times tried a little bit too hard to be great. Mm. Um, I don't think it was so much sloppy or just the way it was constructed. I think they were just an overcorrect for the atmosphere. What's happened is that, and it saddens me to say, because I think Utah is incredibly talented, Wheelie Yuta was involved in my match of the year last year against um, John Moxley yes. on Rampage. It was absolutely unbelievable. I thought it was a true star is born moment. I could not have thought any more of Wheelie Yuta and the fight he brought and, you know, the character and the dedication um, to just improving and just bleeding and dying for the BCC cause <laughs> and all yeah. the rest of it. And I, I, those feelings are just for me. And I think within that AEW fan base have just completely dissipated. I don't think they've done anything close to enough with him after that. I think they've sort of rested on their laurels. Mm. I think they've realized, all right, okay, well, he's had an iconic moment in his career. 
like Action Andretti's getting a stronger baby face push than Wheeler Yuta, and Wheeler Yuta is nowhere near enough established. And I think what's happened is that the fans have lost faith. They've kind of realized that it's pointless investing in him if this push is so stop start, and it is. Yeah. Um, he's nowhere near any title pictures. Um, the BCC thing's all very loose at the moment. We know that Danielson's kind of on the outs. That hasn't been explored. There was a Utah Danielson bit of discord. Yeah. That never really got followed up to any satisfactory degree or with a match or anything like that. Um, and what's happened is that between... Uh, this time it was Paige. It was Swerve last week. And there might have been something else before that. But Wheeler Yuta's new gimmick is interrupts backstage interview, takes issue with something someone says, then gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's like, it's almost a running gag as opposed to a story at this point. And like, if you're part of that AEW audience who is, I'm so hesitant to say casual fan because they don't exist. Yeah. But there are degrees of investment. There are people who are ultra, ultra invested, watch every episode of Dark and Elevation, uh-huh. who still love Wheelie Yuta. I think the wider mass AEW fan base has given up on Yuta, and that was sadly reflected in the atmosphere here. They were working their absolute arses off. Mm. And how do you do it? How do you get a reaction that was kind of as flat as this? Like, some of the action here was superb. Yeah, I think Hangman Page was really selfless in his performance of, I'm going to have to nearly kill this guy to win. It was another, and again, this is a timeless AEW thing, long may it continue. They give the loser loads and loads and loads. Absolutely. It's the best way to do it. I, even with that layout, the fans just weren't biting, they didn't really care. And like, Utah, a baby face needs to be credible. You need to believe in a baby face because that's how you continue your investment in that baby face. Like, it's a stupid comparison to make, but Steve Austin never let you down in 1998, you know? He always outwitted McMahon. Doesn't matter if he was in jail or the hospital. He'd always be at the end of Raw. Like, that's the most easy frame of reference I can think of in the moment. The fans never stop believing in Austin. They stop believing in Utah. You cannot be a babyface who just challenges someone backstage and then get their ass kicked. Just not how a babyface gets over it's very stop-start. That's his entire arc. Like once a month, he'll get ideas above a station. He'll, this is the character. The character will get ideas above their station, think they're a hard man, challenge the heel and say, all right, okay, you can't be like that. And now the baby face is going to teach you a lesson. Oh, wait, I just got beat again. The fans have given up the atmosphere in this match, regardless of how hard-hitting and how selfless it was um, and how intricate some of the wrestling was. Um... They just don't care about Utah anymore, and I thought that was very apparent. And another thing, right, is that, and again, maybe they were just trying to overcorrect for the fact that Utah, if not dying on the vine, certainly nowhere near as over it or as promising a character he once was. They did this really awesome sequence that was worked so fabulously where Utah just annihilated him on the apron with this German. He maintains waste control, yes. if you like. That... German, like the uh, sort of half release, half standard, where Haman Page just, just landed, grazed the top of his head. It was actually a really beautiful release, 
but it it looked devastating. Oh, absolutely. So much more devastating than it was. It looked so great, harrowing almost. Utah, like, just hiding back in the ring, did another spot, and the guy got in, Paige got his knees up, and you're thinking, don't do that. Like, two horrendous-looking but brilliantly worked Germans, and then you instantly just burn through all of that material. Like, I don't want to sound like an old-school, tedious, bad-faith dickhead, mm-hmm. but for God's sake, effective selling still really works, and this was nowhere near effective enough for me. They could have really got this crowd if they just registered how gnarly that release German looked. Uter, bearing in mind he has just thrown a guy who's much more burly and about the same height, but he's a lot bigger, a lot more burly. He's got a bigger frame. He's Germaned him twice. If this were real, he should be sort of like exhausted from lifting. So if he had a... That it should have done this big, drawn-out New Japan countdown tease for yeah. me here. If he had have went, right, okay, Jesus Christ, I took a lot out of us. I've just had to German this massive lad in Hangman Page. That's really stocky, strong, powerful dude. And he just pumped onto the apron himself. Yes. Yeah. If he goes four, right, I've just made it in. And at this point, I'd be happy to get a victory. No, it's not necessarily a babyface thing, but the babyfaces do it in New Japan, and it's fine. Uh, in, at 9.999. Page just gets in there, right? You would have sold that sequence far better yeah. than they did. And I just, I don't know, like, I've got a lot of latitude towards modern wrestling and selling and all the rest of it, but whenever I go back and watch something classic or timeless from yesteryear, I do always think, right, something is missing here. Something genuinely is missing here. And I just think that they were, I don't know, if they were impatient, sloppy, just wanting to get to the next bit, but um, it's a shame because with Paige in particular, I really expect the very best from him. And I just thought this they just burned through what mm. could have been a really great bit of drama. And the crowd just didn't really react. They could have just had them, had them, had them. And then they just burned through the next thing and it just meant nothing. Yeah, I think it's a valid point to make. Um, when you pointed out when we were chatting about this earlier, I was like, that's, yeah, that's been what would have been far better 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 booking for this spot. I know um, they were going for a near four. Yeah. I know what they were doing, but my God, if they had done the count-out tease, it would have sold the move, enhanced the drama, and Kento Miyahara does this a lot. Um, if the second that page just crawls in the ring, Yuta gets him with this really tight pin. You get the count-out tease, you sell the drama, and you get the near fall all at once. Like, I... It could even have worked with the spot as well, actually. I'm just thinking about what came next. Hangman Page, like you say, exhausted you to gets back in. Hangman Page gets in 9.999. Willie is like, oh, for f- right, well, I'm going to have to just go for it then. Goes up top because he knows Hangman Page is barely back in the ring. And Hangman Page, encountering that, knows, well, I can't move. I barely just pulled myself in back into the ring. So all I'm going to have to do is eat this move but just hope that me bringing my knees up will cut off any offense, and then that gets you into the next stage of the match. But yeah, yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from with, it's got a with bit, something on there. That's got a bit over in the '80s podcaster on that particular. Yeah, spot. I, no, I think it's I think every now and again, I think it's a fair take. I think it's just if you're doing it for every single match, it's yeah, maybe yeah, slightly yeah. 
um, OTT. But uh, I do like the fact that I accidentally booked the finish to this match on the preview with Hamfler. Didn't quite go the way that I planned because I said uh, Hangman Page should hit you with the Death Rider and then do the wanker symbol and then hit him with a book. More wrestlers area. should do that in general, I think. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, right, we go to the back, and there's a, a vignette with uh, what happened with Starks and Andretti and the JAS and the baseball bat shot, and them complaining about losing um, and saying they only lost because of the baseball bat. Uh, Andretti wants Sammy Guevara one-on-one. Ricky Starks wants Jericho again because he knows he can beat him. Yes, they've got God. wins, but it's only as a result of baseball bats or Garcia or the rest of the JAS, basically, one-on-one. He can beat... Uh, Chris Jericho, Tiger B, B-E-A-T, Michael Jackson beat it. He can beat him. This feud will continue. I honestly thought this was Ricky Starks trying to get too much into one promo and do catch. I don't know. That is the absolute truth. That is what he finished with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's going to bloody happen when these singles matches take place and the J-E-S are still there? I just am bored, rigid, of this one. It's a Jericho program too far. Like, again, I've been his biggest defender, have some perspective. He does magic most of the time. My God, I'm just bored. They're not going to get a louder match than that first Starks-Jericho one in Seattle. It's thunderous. Thunderous in that arena. It's just going to be longer and less heated and not as interesting because I've already done it. I'd question the wisdom of the booking of this one. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what your thoughts on what came next as well, because there's Eddie Kingston, uh, who's had enough. He quits. He quits whatever he was holding back, basically. He's going to let his demons run free. Um, he says, uh, it's too bad for Ortiz. He had the one who had to take the, the fatal shot, I think he said, or something like that. Um, but now he understands the House of Black's way, and he's ready to go home. Is Eddie Kingston going to join the House of Black? No. <laughs> he isn't. No. Um, this needs to improve. I need to believe Nelly Kingston properly again. And I don't. Even if it's like, aha, we fooled you, actually. We're in your head. And I'm not paying any rent. Yeah. Still not good. It's still not great, this, is it? No, it's just, it, it doesn't really work, especially... Eddie versus like... Brody King in a one-on-one. Give us that. Yeah, just... I just don't think I could ever convince Eddie Kingston to join any cult. So I just think, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know what this is. Um, all, what would it be? Six guys, I suppose, if you include. Um, you know, all six of them, I like watching them in the ring. I just don't care about the storyline, the intro. Like the sixth? Saying. Julia Hart, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I just uh, no, this isn't this isn't for me. Who's in whose head? Who cares? <laughs> um, what came next though was a load of fun. Uh, the six man best friends and Danhausen with Orange Cassidy uh, versus Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal uh, with Sanjay Dutt there at ringside, of course, as well. Am I right? Was this tape this rampage? So yes. is this Jay Lethal working double duty? Jay Lethal, fair play, man. Um, incredible, and it, you know, let alone working double duty. Whatever his mental state of mind must have been after that. And this I've might got, have come as a bit of relief. Yeah, exactly. Because um, it was just a silly knockabout yeah. comedy match. Um, because not only has Jeff Jarrett got a guitar, Dan Housen's got a ukulele, um, which is A, funny, because this is a small guitar. 
And B, even funnier, because put it in the hands of Satnam Singh, yeah. obviously. And he not only breaks it in half, but then he's like, well, I've still got the big bit. So he just puts his fist through it. The match never reached that comedic peak for me. No. It was fun, but that was just too stupidly fun. Um, so Jarrett starts off, best friends sort of uh, works well together to keep him isolated. Um, Lethal tries to run in to interfere and gets the half and half soul food combo thing. Um, and they go to do the big hug with all three of them, giving the people what they want, but they get pulled out of the ring. Um, and then there's Trent Barretta squaring off with Satnam Singh, who overpowers him, chucks him out to the floor, and we go to a break. When we come back, um, Barretta just gets to his corner to bring in Chuck Taylor, um, who is, well, there was an attempt at a double team by Jarrett and Lethal, but he sends Lethal headfirst into Jarrett and then catches him in the figure four leg lock. Uh, Lethal tries to break it up, another nice spot, with an elbow off the top, but Taylor just sits up. <laughs> Lethal just eats crap, basically. Um, I just what, I, was, what was a funnier missed elbow drop? That worked spot, or Uncle Howdy? Everything Uncle Howdy did. Oh, my God. We'll talk more about it on the Raw preview. I can't wait. Um, I did like and had to rewind the bit where Jeff Jarrett's in the figure four, and I'm like... Like, what's he going to do? He's not going to be submitted, obviously, but someone he got just had lethal interfere. And then sat up saying, just tag someone on the other side of the bloody ring. Tags in. Uh, this also brings in Danhausen. Uh, and Danhausen unloads in the all off all the offense onto Satnam Singh, punches to the stomach, a chop, a clothesline. Satnam Singh, yeah, if Darby Allen's died, doesn't affect him. This won't, yes. Um, no cells, all that. But uh, after he sends Danhausen into the corner, you get the ben best friends all teaming up. So uh, actually, it was all three of them. Danhausen, Chuck Taylor, Trent Barretta. They all hang Satnam Singh off the top rope. And in the midst of all that, as uh, Sanjay Dutt's pissed off with the referee and taking him, that allows Orange Cassidy to hit uh, an orange punch. Um, oh, no, maybe he hangs him on the top rope and then he hits a, an orange punch on Satnam, uh, on Sanjay Dutt. Regardless, Danhausen gets Jarrett's guitar, goes to use it on Singh, but gets caught by the ref. Uh, behind that, uh, referee's back. They bring in... It wasn't the Golden Globe, was it? There's no way that's the Golden yeah, Globe. Because yeah. if it was the Golden Globe, you'd show it. He clocked him with the Golden Globe. Uh, Danhausen, Jarrett hit Danhausen with it and uh, Singh puts his foot on him for the victory but they very quickly hit it away, put it back in a box, and then went, it's a box of Golden Globe. That's what everyone looks at, isn't it, when they <laughs> show it off? Um, but yeah, fun little affair, this. Yeah, it was fun. Like, uh, i really reluctant to say this because the guy was having a nice time in his hometown, but this is the match where I thought Chuck Taylor, what a noble servant of the independent scene, He's looking slow and kind of washed at this point. But yeah. it's fine. So I'm not expected to take him seriously in singles matches or anything like that, or even tags at this point. Um, look, it was fun for what it was. The missed elbow drop was really funny. Um, I do worry that you, this Jarrett stuff might be losing its way a bit, mm. running its course. Yes. Uh, the missed elbow drop was banter. The Satnam and Danhausen stuff was funny to a point, but they got badly lost. I don't think they knew what the hell to do with each other. No. The, the match sort of ground to a halt, and they were hesitating. It was always going to be slow with Satnam involved, and they got badly lost together. Um, look, at the end of the day, it was amusing for what it was. 
and a trios unit has just taken a big victory over former number one contenders in this ah, division. I didn't think of it like that. Basically, I want to see Satnam Singh and Kenny Omega. I want to see Satnam Singh eat a V-trigger. <laughs> can he get it up there? Yeah, of course he can. It's Kenny Omega. And it's like not... Bring him to his knees? Limping Kenny Omega. I like I like Satnam Singh being stood. V-trigger to the shin. Down on one knee. V-trigger to the chest. Good. Both knees. V-trigger to the face. No sell it. Oh. Have him roll. Then a V-trigger. And then his pin air. Jay Lethal. Who cares? <laughs> I, I want to see that trios match. I think it'll be outstanding. I like that. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, right, then we got an interview with Ruby. Well, we didn't get an interview with Ruby Soho, if I'm honest. Uh, we got a question towards Ruby Soho, but before she can answer it, guess what? She gets interrupted. It's Britt Baker, um, who says, I see a lot of potential in you, Ruby, and uh, you need to grow a backbone, pick a side. Uh, if you're smart, you'll know which side to be on. Ah, it's decent bit of intrigue. It's the uh, next step in this, yeah, this ongoing uh, AW Originals versus uh, the New Breed. What are they called? What were they called in the uh, in the ECW? Thing new Breed. It was a New Breed. Yeah, New Breed of Elijah Burke and Corvon, Marcus Corvon. Yeah, what a shame. What a terrible. What a terrible promotion. Yeah. Who was the? Kevin Thorne, that was it. Kevin Thorne, who a I had disaster to, of a guy, who I had to really, well, I tried to break it to uh, my nephew. Yeah, yeah. Seen this? Uh, seen this figure of Sting? That's not. That's not Sting. I, he, let him live in ignorance. Yeah, exactly. My kids live in ignorance all the time. It's it's great. Just, I can't. I, I can't do it. Like when people stop getting wrestling wrong. Oh, I loved it. You know, man. 
WrestleMania 17, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. What? What are, you, what are you talking about? A lot of lapsed attitude era fans have Mandela effect. Yeah. It's nice that they talk to you about it. Mm. Let's talk about football instead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like embarrassing things that your mates have said. That's the best crack when you get to our age. Yeah. Like when you lived in Share House and someone just said something absolutely stupid. And you, well, that's it. That's a life. That's yeah. a tombstone now. That's all they're <laughs> going to be remembered for. The uh, uh, My missus has just got into uh, Miz and Misses on the network after watching the rumble. She's like, oh, what else is on there? Do you like to watch that? Uh, half of it, um, and and I have to be like really pedantic because obviously they're like, oh yeah, and Miz was just so over in this. Year. I'm like, well he wasn't. He was intercontinental champion, and, and, then, and, the, and the belt means nothing. Yeah, I love it when you go, like, oh, Joe Reed's knackered. He's um, he's working the Miz, so he's screwed. Uh, the guy's an eight-time intercontinental champion. Yeah, yeah, in the reigns. <laughs> t- tell me right now on the spot, who did he beat for that title? Who did he lose it to? Yeah. How did he win it back? They're just numbers, mate. They are just numbers. Tell me. Nothing that doesn't mean anything. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. The one thing where they did... he's a 16-time world tag team champion, probably. <laughs> well, the one time when they didn't have to gimmick it, um, where he won the IC title on the sh- on the show, because, you know, they cut him. It's, it's from, like, 2018 or whatever. And they cut in from, like... I think Maurice is pregnant with their first child, and he's off fighting for the Intercontinental Championship and uh, the one it was Raw 25 ironically and uh, it's the one where he beats Roman and then unbelievable people would yeah <laughs> so that was the one bit where they're like yeah Mr. Raj is really over it yeah yeah um, anyway what came next oh yeah brilliant powerhouse Hobbs oh yeah uh, versus a guy we're gonna do it anyway <laughs> that's because we're on the rampage gimmick in there Oh my god. Yo. Uh, is that for him or for his opponent, Tony Mudd? Both. What a name. Tony Mudd. Honestly, it's one of those, like, um, the Godwins. I didn't get it until someone pointed it out on Twitter, and I thought, oh, that's yeah. great. And I did like the fact that, because uh, we talked about this on the preview, that we heard he was fighting Tony Mudd. But also, Tony Mudd is a name that, because I only we, the only way I knew this match was happening, his opponent was, was the, who it was. Is because Sandy Murray told me, and I was like, "Well, if Tony's if he's going to make up a name, he's going to make up Tony Mudd." Yeah, Tony Mudd, Gigi Peeps. Yeah, that's how know. Murray talks. Is weird, isn't he? <laughs> Tony Mudd's great. Almost uh, as good as that, Matt Burns. And uh, I like um, the fact that he, you know, we all know what's going to happen. It's powerhouse Hobbs in action. He's going to squash a jobber in. This was like seventy seconds, basically. Tony Mudd, to his credit, ducked I think one clothesline, and then was like. Got this figured out, guys. I'm outsmarting powerhouse. Oh, he's taking my head off. Uh, clothesline, avalanche in the corner. And then he hits the sort of... It's like a torture, torture rack, rack into, driver, if yeah, you Yeah, it's like. like a reverse AA off the back of it, whatever it is. Looks great. Looks class. Love powerhouse hods just dominating. Doesn't need the book. Does not need the book. I like the gimmick, but we've said this before. He doesn't need the physical. We need to keep putting this across because AEW listens. If mm. they do something that people aren't into and people start to reject it, they will just change course and drop something. They are uh, contrite about things they do that are bad. A lot of people are saying, it's not a deal breaker. We will invest in Hobbs because Hobbs is awesome mm. and it's about time he got a proper singles push. That book is so, so WWE. Yeah. It's such a weird 
like it's so mid card. If you want to take the WWE out of it, other promotions have done stupid things as well. It's very very mid card. He's not going to come out um, for a world title match without Bukazi. No. So don't have the book now. You don't exactly. have the book now. There's another one. JBL once fell over, and on two or five live, they called a jobber Trip Bradshaw. That's good. Anything that mugs off JBL's okay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so always technically saying don't book it, Tony, for that. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, uh, top flight. Like the idea, right? I'm sorry. I'm just. Get, I'm just going to do this again. The idea that is either one of like maybe two or three things has happened here. Either he's actually written a book, the Book of Hobbes. Oh right, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's a hardcover, isn't it? Yes. You can self-publish. Maybe he self-published his own book. And it's The Book of Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Right? Or he's got this book deal and the book doesn't exist, which is fake and stupid. And I don't know if that's worse of a guy who's going, yeah, I'm going to put you in The Book of Hobbes. Make a record of like, yeah, yeah all the asses I'm going to kick. Got an actual book. I've made it. It's like the idea of Hobbes just like, well, hang on. I said the sample of this uh, book, the proof copy, was going to come on Monday. It's now <laughs> Tuesday. I'm going to play Dynamite on Wednesday. It's going to look stupid if I don't have a book. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid. And if it, yeah, WWE would make it, would double down and be like, I'm turning over a new leaf. This is a new chapter for me. And you're like, yep, I've got it. Yeah, the, the, the book, book thing. of Hobbes. Book of- Get rid of the book. Like, Because I'm an idiot. I will... Think these scenarios through, yeah. and sometimes I just I'm going to have to come to the terms with Sige. You watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be able to think it through, but sometimes you get punished when you do that. He's got himself a little book. It's, it's almost canny. <laughs> oh, he's got oh, it's nice. He's got himself a book, getting all the wrestlers backstage to sign these different pages. He's probably like just worried about the dimensions. That's like going to look good on TV. To pay the extra twenty dollars for the bigger one, can't have a small book. Yeah, I'm powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, and you know what's the scariest looking bookmark you can find? Yeah, <laughs> do I go for like, uh, do I em- do I emboss it? <laughs> the font? Yeah, yeah, better do that. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. He's got himself a little book. <laughs> it's almost pathetic. Just have him kill people. Like yeah, yeah. It's Tony almost Mons, pathetic. Thought he's got himself a little book. Uh, top flight. Talk up the fact that they beat two thirds of the trio's champions, and they're. Quite good as a, a threesome with AR Fox. They've called him up. He's going to be their partner. They want to shot those trios titles. Good. Yeah. Hopefully Kenny's visa issues are sorted. Yeah. Hopefully by this week. Well, hopefully not by this week in oh, case yeah, to get the temptation to put it on what is already a stacked dynamite. I just realized as I said it, yeah. Put it on Rampage. Ooh. Put it on Rampage. Oh, that would be an interesting test. Um, Dustin Rhodes is backstage. Really being over. I'm fairly certain they are. Renee Paquette is backstage with Justin Rhodes. He obviously thanks the fans. He's been in a horrible spot recently. Um, thanks, everyone, for their kind messages that he's received. And then that dickhead Swerve Strickland walks in with his two weird mates. Fantastic. Uh, he says, uh, oh, here's the world's smallest violin for you. Give him a break, Swerve. Yeah. Here's the world's smallest violin for you. Uh, all you old guys hogging camera time when it should be for us younger stars. Uh Let's run down the entire Rhodes family. You with a slick mouth. Your brother ain't And let's not talk about your dad. Right. Obviously, he said, don't talk about my dad. 
Really got to take that shot of Cody Friday night. Come on. It's a big day for him tomorrow, Swerve. Anyway. I think that was their way of being nice. Yes. Um, and Dustin basically says, shut up. Don't talk about my dad. Keep my name out of your mouth, basically. Step off. And then referees getting involved because they were obviously going to have a match down the line. Swerve, such a fantastic, nasty arsehole. That was yeah. great. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, and we get the new version of this. Of what? Which bollocks was it on the... I've almost, I, I dread to think I might have too many now. Not not too many, is it? It's just, not enough of anything. Yeah, actually. No, we, do, we have too few buttons. We need a bigger button board. That's the thing. We need an extension. What other colours would we have, though? Different shades. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, before we, actually, I'll, I'll do it in the right order because they've done it in a weird way now, where he like he talks up a little video package, does Mark Henry. And anyway, prior to all that, maybe he edits them to get more money out of them, <laughs> get the get the money's worth. I should hope, yeah, come on, bloody Adobe or whatever it's called. Uh, Lexi Nair uh, is chatting with uh, TBS champion Jade Cargill. Who's she going to beat to become fifty and zero? I think I can guess. Um, and you'll never guess who interrupted is Red Velvet. Oh my god. Um, and, uh, yeah. They have oh, a- unlikable performers. Cool, can't wait to watch none of them win that I care about. Yeah, there's there's an argument between the ex-baddies and the current baddie, I suppose. Oh, God. And Red Velvet says, I may have been your first, but next week I'm the one. In 49 and one. Look, it's... Part of this is nice. Part of this would have worked had they booked Red Velvet well. <laughs> So you could get the contrast of, oh, Jesus Christ, when she was the one, she was just green and experienced but promising red velvet. Now that she's here, ready to be the 50th, she's actually regressed. So how, how does this work? It's, it's literally backwards. She was better as the promising baby face who, Jesus Christ, she might over-rotate a dive and it'd be terrifying, but she's got piss, vinegar, spirit, fight. She was better then than she is now. Now we're expected to believe that, well, I'm not that same person that I was, not that same naive young rookie I was back then. Plot twist, I'm worse. <laughs> it's really, you know, they've got great chemistry, so I'm hoping it'll be all right on yeah. the night. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to completely rule it out, mainly because I need to write it as one of my questions for the Rampage preview uh, next, this Friday, I should say. Um, right, main event time. The video package that Mark's been working on, and then he says the... Video package. It's time for the main event. Thanks, Mark. Uh, uh, it was Emmy Sakura uh, versus Jamie Hayter um, in a title eliminator. So if she wins this, she gets a title shot, obviously. Um, I've written stiff chops early. Oh, my <laughs> God. First note here. I think that's a bit of an understatement by the looks of their chests before even the finish. Um, yeah, they, oh, this was, this woke me up late on a Sunday night, I'll say that. Um, Sakura gets Hater back in the ring, chucks her around by her hair because they're brawling all over the place, and then just chops and slaps her in the corner uh, and hits a crossbody uh, whilst they're there as well. We go to break. Yeah, Amy Sakura's all over her here, dominating the uh, champion. Uh, Hater tries to come back with some chops, and she does hit her with a few. And Sakura's like, no, this is how you chop, and just one drops Hater. Um, so Hater fires back up with a pair of exploders, 
again, this was a moment where I was like, bloody hell. That looks like Daniel Bryan's chest when he was like, I've quite fancy chopping again now I'm back wrestling yeah, in the greatest yeah. Royal Rumble. Jeez. Um, Hater hits a clothesline in the corner, hits the hate breaker. That gets a near fall. But uh, Sakura counters the hater aid with a double chop and hits that double underhook backbreaker for a near fall. Um, she, hey, keeps going for the sliding lariat, gets it on the second try, um, pulls the Sakura off the top rope with a cutter, misses the moonsault though. Sakura gets a um, near fall with a cradle and another one from a tiger driver, hits a moonsault of her own for another great two count. Uh, but then Hater goes for the lariat, goes, oh sorry, hits the lariat, goes for the ripcord lariat. Sakura counters with the backdrop driver, but Hater comes back. Wait there, wait there. See backdrop driver again? Sakura counters with a backdrop driver. Oh my god. Uh, and Hater finally fires back up. Lariat, Haterade, Ripcord Lariat. One, two, three. Just gets away with it, Jamie Hater, which was I thought was a really good story here because yeah. Sakura ran her incredibly close. And I was like, oh, because having said on the preview, well, she's not going to lose this here because they're look at how far we are. We are. I know, yes, they could do an interim thing, but you don't really want to be pinning her here. You've got the people who she's going to be facing probably at the pape. It's not going to be Emi Sakura, unfortunately. But, yeah, there was points in this match when I was like, oh, I guess they are doing a little interim title thing with them. It, I think it's going to be Soraya. And Jesus Christ, she needs to turn up a revolution yes. because uh, at this moment in time, on current form, she's not going to stand a chance of beating this, which was, it wasn't quite as good as the Shida match, I don't think, because that was genuinely, unbelievably great, very heated, live Main event. Just felt more momentous. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's ran it very, very close. I know a lot of people would have preferred this just for how s disgustingly slash beautifully <laughs> violent it was. And I told a nice little story as well. You've got this veteran of the dark arts, the kind of wrestler Sakura that, and I liked how they, bit on the nose, how they articulated this beat of the story. Turn your back on her for a second and she knows how to get you. She's got all that veteran experience. So here it starts to appeal to the crowd in a nanosecond. Hair yanked back, yeah. chopped to death. <laughs> so Hater isn't quite as ring savvy as her senior opponent, but she is a bit, well, a lot faster, harder, and stronger. So instead, she just decides to give her some internal decapitations. <laughs> right, that's what I've got to bring. What have you got? And then for that, morphin, well, actually, I can hit you very, very hard. And I've got an even more disgusting suplex than your Exploder with that backdrop. They just built the level of drama, the level of suspense, and in parallel, the level of violence to make you think Sakura was a viable threat. Like those Exploders, I was like, oh, God, Sakura. Complete the rotation, complete the rotation, because your head is going dangerously close mm. to that canvas. So for then, for Hater to be the one whose neck just ate death, it was just... Oh my god! Yeah, great way. Don't to do this show. match too often. <laughs> no, <laughs> do not do this match too often. And I was—it was one of those where I was glad it was uh, taped because you could watch it and you're thinking, "Oh my god, you're dropping each other on your heads here." Yeah. But I was taped and they're both fine, or at least I didn't hear a report. So, oh, go on, do it, <laughs> do it harder, yes. do it more disgusting because I know you're fine. I think. Um, no, the story told was very good. They escalated the violence and the storytelling all at the same time. Really great stuff. And I, Jamie Hayter's title defenses are fantastic. They've been very goated there. Goated. They're very selective, I've noticed as well. 
with the with her opponents. I think that Tony Khan, because he's a nice promoter, who wants to who actually trusts his talent, has probably said, Who do you want to work? Yeah. I can't promise you can work with these people, but it's your title reign. Uh, tell us who you can work and who you think you can work the most magic with because that's a benefit to me. Mm. The company gets the acclaim. You get what you want. Mutually beneficial. And she's probably handpicked while she didn't can have Sakura on TV. And Jesus Christ, Emmy Sakura should have been on TV well before this. I didn't need this match to convince me of that. Um, Emmy Sakura versus uh, Riho from Full Gear 2019 is still to this day one of the best matches they've done. And she's just been there working the YouTube shows. Where was this? Mm, yeah. So more secure on TV. Absolutely. I think a lot of people hated the Freddie Mercury stuff. I absolutely hated it. Thought it was so shindy knockabout stuff. She's not doing that anymore. No, it's a much better the gimmick she's got now. So just have her on TV more. What okay. a veteran scalp. What a veteran scalp she could and should be um, for this promotion. Like, she's, a, she's obviously not a homegrown. She's, in fact, operated two separate Joshi promotions. But she's not been in WWE. Exactly. They could use that for heat yeah, of, yeah. Oh, what have you done in this business? We've been in WWE. Like to say that to Sakura, I think would be really great heat. And you get a Sakura storm match out of it, which could yeah. be absolutely great. So more Sakura as a scalp on TV. This is tremendous. Yeah, thrilling end to, to Rampage. A show, yeah, uh, topped and tailed by just two people kicking the crap out of each other. What more could you want? More of this sort of thing. More selling. Not, the, not in the main, but more selling in that first match. Yeah, let us know your thoughts on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch so you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me, Sidge, and Hamlet. We'll be back a little bit later on today to look ahead to Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.